Today, we're studying Home Depot, the largest home improvement company in America. And it has been a phenomenal investment for investors in its stock over many years. But what we're going to explore today is the fundamental question that every investor needs to ask about an investment. And that is, why? Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to Stock Stories. Hi, my name is Alex Mason. I'm your stock storyteller. And on this show, we decode the business behind the stock. We're studying every company in the S&P 500 and more. And I'm just excited that you're here with me on this journey. My wife and I went from not knowing anything about investing to becoming financially independent by 30 years old. And we did it by investing in the stock market. So journey with me today as we study Home Depot. Throughout the 20th century, there was a boom in the home improvement industry, but you didn't have these large scale home improvement stores like Home Depot, like you see today. In fact, most home improvement stores were smaller regional operators. And then national stores started to begin to appear throughout the mid 20th century, and they were taking advantage of this boom in the industry. This happened especially after World War II, when suburbia was growing across America and more homes were being built up every day. Now, it's one thing to buy a home and purchase it and build it, but it's something entirely different to maintain it. And if you're a homeowner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So around this time, businesses started sprouting up in order to meet this need for home-related materials. And you had companies like Hetchinger, Ernst, and Scotty's and they spread out across different parts of the United States selling home building materials. Now, one of these was called Handy Dan Improvement Centers, and it was a home improvement chain that was based in the Los Angeles area. Now, Handy Dan Improvement Stores was run by a man named Bernie Marcus. He was the CEO, and one of his right-hand men was named Arthur Blank. Now, Arthur Blank was in charge of finance at the company. Now, even though they both loved this business, Ultimately, some things happened that were out of their control. You see, Handy Dan Improvement Centers was actually owned by another larger company, and that company was having a lot of financial trouble. And so what they did was some restructuring, and they ended up getting laid off. So Bernie and Arthur were wondering, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to go try to work for another home improvement store? Or maybe we should just start something ourselves. I mean, after all, you have the CEO and the VP of finance of Home Improvement Center. They could probably figure something out. They have a lot of knowledge about the business. So in 1978, Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank recruited a couple of partners and went out on their own and started their own home improvement business called the Home Depot. Now, if you're getting value out of this episode, it would mean so much to me if you took one second and just tap that like button, show me some love. Thank you so much in advance. Now, by 1979, Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank, they had a Home Depot up and operational, but retail is just tough. There's a lot of competition, and just in general, it's a tough industry to make money in. So things were a little touch and go for a while, but they struggled through it and tried to sell different home improvement products to customers at low prices. Now, during the first three months that that first store was open, the CEO, Bernie Marcus, he would hang out in the parking lot. And what he would do is he would watch which customers would leave the store without a bag. And he would say to them, hey, why didn't you buy anything? There's this great store uh, with awesome products. Well, why didn't you buy anything? 
and they of course didn't know who he was so they would say oh you know what i just i didn't find what i was looking for i didn't have the right product when i looked in the store and so bernie would go back to arthur they would figure out okay we need to get more inventory we need to get better products we need to get certain types of products and sell them at the lowest price and so they became obsessed with trying to help their customers get exactly what they needed now they kept pushing and eventually they started persevering from their home base of atlanta georgia they started expanding outward into the neighboring state of florida and by 1981 they actually went public on the nasdaq stock exchange now, by the mid-1980s, things actually got a little rough again. The company started buying competitors, and they started to get a really big debt load. They had $200 million in debt at one point. And so the company slowed down their expansion a little bit, restructured, paid off some of their debt, and then by the 1990s, they were able to accelerate their growth curve yet again. And they eventually became the business they are today by growing through both acquisitions and organic growth, organic growth of having new stores throughout the United States. Okay, so now that we have some background, let's talk about the business model now. Why does Home Depot exist? Well, they're the largest home improvement business in the world by sales, and they have over 2,300 stores spread out across the United States and also up in Canada and down in Mexico. Home Depot's products and services are important because we need to build up our physical infrastructure as a society. Physical decay happens, regulations and codes change, and also just personal preference requires a need for renovation of buildings and homes as well. Now the company has two different types of customers. They've got the DIY customer, the, the person who comes in and they're trying to do work themselves, such as if you or I were to go into Home Depot and buy some paint or buy some power tools to go work on our bathroom at home or something like that. And then you have the professional customer. These are usually general contractors, people who make a living off of renovating or building homes or other types of buildings. Now, the basic type of business model at play here is relatively simple to understand. Home Depot tries to have the most number of items that are home improvement related and sell them at the lowest possible price. And they have these massive warehouses where they have all sorts of different items, usually between 30 and 40,000 items that they stock depending on the time of year. And they're trying to source these out to people who need them. Now, Home Depot management has stated that they believe their competitive advantage is in merchandising. And this makes sense because this is where the company has its roots. Both of the founders of the company were merchandisers in their prior careers. And Home Depot wants to be that number one place you come for home-related goods, whether it's in the store or online. And they've actually pivoted really well to this online world where you can actually look up, find, and order different items, even bulk items, through their website or their app. They employ nearly 500,000 people, which is just crazy to me. So they're a huge business. The interesting thing is that there's still a lot of room to grow. I mean, their next biggest competitor is Lowe's. And between Lowe's and Home Depot, they've got about a 30% market share in the home improvement space. Home Depot has about 17% market share and Lowe's has about 12%. And so what that tells me is even though these businesses are huge, they actually still have a lot of room to grow without competing with each other because you still have lots of other sources where people are getting their home improvement goods from.
Let's go ahead and take a look at Home Depot's financials now to see how they are from a financial perspective. I'm here at the ticker terminal and I'm going to the financials. We're gonna look at the last several years of financials. And the first thing we're gonna look at is revenue. How much money is this company making on the top line? And we see that all the way back in 2018, this company is making a lot of money in revenue, $100 million in 2018. And then they've ramped that up to the beginning of this year, 2022, prior fiscal year, $151 million in revenue. This is a big increase for an already big business. So I think that's pretty impressive. Okay, so now let's go ahead and look at the income. We wanna see how much profit this business is generating at a bare minimum. So if we look at the net income, we see that, okay, it's, it's pretty much mirrored the sales growth, which is a good sign. In 2018, 2017 time period, they were making about $8.5 billion in profit. Most recently, they've doubled that, about $16.5 billion in profit. So over a five-year period, when you see this doubling, then that's about more or less a 10% annual rate of growth, which is pretty decent. Uh, it's, it's more or less average for the stock market um, businesses in general, but it's still a pretty good growth rate, low double-digit growth rate. And then diluted earnings per share. This is how much money is coming to us as shareholders in our pocket. We see similar growth, $7.29 per share, all the way up to over $15.53 per share. So they're doing pretty good at increasing overall profits for the business. Okay, one thing I want to point out here on the balance sheet, and remember the balance sheet is the part of the financial savings that tells us what the company owns versus what the company owes. And one thing I want to point out here if we go down to the liabilities and look at long-term debt, long-term debt, this is a business that owes a lot of money. They owe over $33 billion, which is pretty high, I would say, compared to their profits. And let's just look at their profits again real quick so we can see a comparison. So we're going to compare the net income, how much profit is this business making versus the debt that they have. And we can see here we're getting a little bit more of a gap over time. The debt is increasing and the income is increasing, but there's a little bit more instability there. And I think that's a problem because interest rates are rising right now. And when interest rates rise, companies have to pay more and more interest to banks on the debt burden that they already have. And that means less money for you and I as shareholders. It means less money for employees. It means less money for reinvestment in the business in general. So this is something that worries me a little bit. It's not a huge red flag for Home Depot, but something to consider. Okay, speaking of capital allocation, check this out. We're here on the cash flow statement, and this is telling us the actual money that's moving and flowing into and out of the business in different ways. And I just want to point out one thing here. Over here, we can see, okay, we've got the debt issued versus debt repaid. They're building up the balance sheet with debt, and we can see that very clearly here. So that's something that we know. Another thing is, this is how the business returns money to shareholders, repurchase of common stock and common dividends paid. These are very common ways that large businesses give money back to their shareholders. They either pay them a dividend or they buy back stock. And in this case, we see Home Depot is doing a lot of both. Repurchase of common stock, I mean, they're spending something like $14.8 billion on share repurchases in just this past year. And then as far as the dividends, they also have a pretty strong track record with dividends. It looks like in this past year, they paid out nearly $7 billion in dividends. 
Now, remember that net profit number that we just talked about? I'm going to go back to it on the income statement. If we go to net income, okay, here we go. In the past year, in 2021, Home Depot made over $16 billion in profit, about $16.5 billion. But then what did they do? They paid out nearly $7 billion in dividends and almost $15 billion in repurchases of common stock. So if we add the dividends to the common stock, we get about, well, definitely over $20 billion returned to shareholders in a single year, which is huge, absolutely huge. And they made $16 billion. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us that Home Depot is effectively returning more money than it makes every year in dividends and share repurchases. Now, this is great in the short term. It boosts the stock price. It makes sure that people get their dividend checks paid to them. But from a reinvestment perspective in the business, this is what worries me. Because if you're paying out more money than you're taking in, that means you're reducing your cash balance and or you're increasing the debt load. So that's something that worries me a little bit. I see this business is being, uh, from a financial perspective, managed in a way that is rewarding shareholders in the short term, whereas I think they should be a little bit more conservative with that, but that's just me. Make no mistake about it, Home Depot has been an incredible investment for shareholders since it went public. Since 1986, it has compounded at an incredible 23% annually. <laughs> now, usually people expect those kinds of returns from only tech stocks or something like that. But no, this is Home Depot. This is the largest home improvement company in the world. And because of their economies of scale and discipline with cost management throughout much of their history, they've been able to grow at truly extraordinary rates of return. Now, even in just the past 10 years, they've had a great track record. They've actually compounded at 24% annually in the past decade. So Home Depot has done very well for shareholders. Now, I'm a little bit worried about their cost of capital going forward. As I mentioned, interest rates are rising. And with that debt on the balance sheet, that's a concern that I have. So that's something to think about. Now, Home Depot has been an incredible stock, and I've been looking at other companies in this kind of area of the market also. Check out this episode I did recently for another company in the physical infrastructure home improvement sector. All right. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next one.